the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Somebody who's not worried about snow today is our next guest, Andrew Clavin. Uh, he's in sunny California where he's not dealing with uh, sub-zero <laughs> temperatures. Uh, Andrew Clavin, podcaster, another kingdom, screenwriter, of the movie Gaznell, The Trial of America's Biggest Serial Killer. And uh, Mr. Clavin, welcome. Are you excited that you don't have snow there after our long discussion about the white stuff here? It's a, it's a brutal 50 degrees here, so I don't. Uh, <laughs> oh. you know, I, have no, I have no sympathy for you whatsoever. All right. Well, you recently wrote an article on thefederalist.com about taking back the culture from the left. Uh, when do you think pre- Twitter just announced recently that President Trump has been banned for life? from that social platform is the same going to happen now with Facebook, with Instagram, with Snapchat, TikTok. Yeah, the the battle lines are drawn. I mean, the the problem uh for us is that they are really working overtime to silence and demonize conservative voices in every possible uh you know venue, whether it's the news media, whether it's commentary, whether it's the arts, whether it's satire, they go out of their way to use their substantial power uh, to silence people who believe in the Constitution and individual freedom. And so we have to be able to create cultural works without making propaganda. And it makes it very difficult to do when you're facing so much propaganda. The idea that Jack Dorsey or Tim Cook or any other billionaire should decide who gets to use the First Amendment uh, is absurd. And I'm, I'm very frustrated with, with people on the right who dither about, well, it's free enterprise and these are individual citizens. You know, the right to free speech comes from God, and it is the role of government to ensure that right. They, the government gave these platforms the ability to censor speech. It can take it away and should take it away. They should not be able to do that. You know, President Trump got about half the electorate to vote for him. Those people should not be silenced. It's the fact that they were silenced, the fact that the right... Uh, the conservatives, the ordinary Americans, have been silenced and ignored and uh, cast out of the entertainment industry and cast out of the news business and cast out of the academy. It's that fact that caused them to send an outsider like Trump to the White House in the first place. If they were able to act within the system as they should, that probably wouldn't have happened. They probably would have had a politician who represented them. So what I've been, I've been preaching for 20 years to the right. I've been talk, going to conservatives and saying, look, you have to get involved in the arts. You have to get involved in communication. You can't just sit around and watch Turner Classic movies all day. You have to actually make movies. You have to write novels. You have to make TV shows. And in, in a way, it's only now, it's only now that the left has moved to censor us entirely that the right is waking up to this. Uh, they always, you know, conservatives by nature kind of tend to panic. They tend to think like every, everything is the apocalypse. And so they, they're always saying, well, we don't have time to build the arts. We don't have time to build communication system because if we lose one district in Ohio, the Constitution will turn to dust, you know. And they're always pouring money into the fight of the moment and never pouring money into the long game. 
And the arts are the long game. The arts change people's minds. The arts change people's perspectives. And I don't want conservative art or, or leftist art. I just want every artist, no matter where he stands, to be able to speak uh, without being afraid and without being canceled and without being uh, mobbed. And you just have to look at what happened the other day to Gina Carano, the yes. former fighter who became an action mm-hmm. uh, actress and was on that Disney show, The Mandalorian. She, she sent out a tweet that was completely innocent. It was 100% innocent, saying that the, in, uh, in Germany during the Nazi days, they demonized Jews to the people before the government could act. The people had to hate the Jews before the government could act. And she said they're doing that now to conservatives. And they fired her, pretending that this tweet was anti-Semitic, which was false. They fired her off her show. They took away a show they were promising to give her, a a new show that she was going to star in. She was basically blacklisted for acting while conservative. And listen, you know, my experience is nowhere near that horrific, but my phone stopped ringing the more more I became vocal about my politics. I I had a very lucrative uh, screenwriting career, which vanished in a snap the minute my politics became known. So this is something that is really going on. This is the industry uh, that has complained. Hollywood is the industry that's complained about the black being blacklisted for being Stalinists. <laughs> that was their complaint. That, Gee, we were just Stalinists and they blacklisted us. But now they're blacklisting people for being constitutionalists. So my my cry, my my speech to uh, conservatives for the last 20 years has been: Listen, these are things you have to build slowly. You have to give conservative artists a place to go. You have to make art that's not uh, propaganda, that is actual art that actually says things, uh, shows human life as it is, not as we want it to be. Uh, and and it's, it's a field where it's very hard to get conservatives to focus because, it, like I said, it's a long game. It's going to take, you know, when Ronald Reagan was elected, the left moved into the arts, they moved into the academy, they moved into to monopolizing the news business. And since Reagan, they have transformed the culture so that now, if I were to say the simple scientific truth that a man can't turn himself into a woman just by wishing it, if I say that simple truth, I'm okay. called hateful. Yep. Yeah. So, so we have to basically fight back. We have to take back the culture, and we have to have the patience to play the long game and not just play the political fight of the moment. So Gina Carano, she's been picked up by the Daily Wire. Maybe you'll be involved in that project, could be a screenwriter for it? Yeah, well, I was, I'm, I'm already doing screenwriting work for the Daily Wire, and the Daily Wire is moving aggressively to move into the culture. Uh, and I'm so thrilled that they're doing it, and I'm really proud of them for doing it. I'm proud of them for picking up Gina Carano. But we need more, you know. I mean, I want competition. I want people to come out, and I want, I want conservative artists to have places to go uh, without being afraid, and without being afraid that they're going to lose their livelihood. You know, now I, in in Hollywood, people are scared. You know, and and I I use the word Hollywood, but what I mean is publishing, uh, movie business, television business. They're afraid to speak their minds, and that's and this is in America where you're not supposed to be afraid of speaking your but, mind. You're supposed to speak your mind. But sometimes don't you wake up? And I, I was scared too. A, f- a few weeks ago, I was really nervous because Twitter followers started leaving, which. I thought part was in, because of Parlor, mm-hmm. which is now, by the way, back up and running, but also, too, because they silenced some of our followers and they took away right. their accounts. And then they started yeah. taking away some of my video tweets. I didn't make tra- all I did was record history. All I did, uh, Andrew, was record our politicians stepping in it. <laughs> well, that, that's just I recorded history and they took some of that away. Yeah. no. They, and I they, thought, they, my like God, I, said, I worked so hard. I went to press conferences. I, you know, drove 
just worked so hard to gather that information, and they didn't like it, so they make it vanish? Well, when you're trying to sell a philosophy that is largely based on untruth, your only, uh, your only direction is to silence people who speak the truth. And when I talk about basic facts like you know, men becoming women or the fact, or the fact that uh, racist killings by police are almost non-existent mm-hmm. in America, uh, that's that's just a, a fact, you know. Uh, the fact that uh, climate change is a computer program, a computer prediction, that that may not be entirely right, you know, that it may not be an existential problem. These are things that have to be looked at and debated. Good people can take different sides of those questions, but you cannot you cannot silence people uh, from debate. The, the the election, you know, obviously, I, I believe that Donald Trump was wrong about the election being stolen, but there was plenty of reason to, for suspicion and plenty of reason for people to debate what happened and whether elections need to be more secure. That will get you thrown off Twitter. And I don't believe that Jack Dorsey or anybody else should have the right to cancel the debate. I, what what these guys, these billionaires sitting up on their mountains, why where they think they got some magic power to tell Americans what the debate is supposed to be and what it's not supposed to be, I don't know. But that's got to be taken away from them. That has got to stop. And the whole the whole process by which we demonize each other has got to stop. I mean, it's it's on the right too. We just haven't got the cultural power that the left has. I want to debate. I want to talk. I want to have different visions. I want to see the left's movies. I actually do. You know, I just want them to have to see our movies, too. Exactly. You know, you look at the late night comedy. It's all one side. We need both sides. Right. I just look, I I agree with you 100 percent. I think I, I think the first step towards making that happen, though, is to refuse to be silent. So, for example, yes. you know, look, you know, I've called out what national teachers unions are doing nationally for uh, perpetuating institutional racism because children are told that they, their schools are not going to reopen, that they're subjected to the, qual- the quality of their school is tied to their zip code, but then they're denied educational choice. And, you know, people will say, uh, who are you as a, as a, you know, as a old white guy to, 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 to call people off for being institutionally racist? Why well, refuse to be silent? And I think what the first step is not to allow yourself to be silent, not to allow yourself to kind of like cut and run and find some other entity to voice your opinion. It's sometimes you just have to stay. It's, sometimes you have to stand your ground until they physically move you out. And I think, you know, so I refuse to be silent. I mean, since the mayoral election, I've continued to talk on the same issues yeah. that I talked about during the court. I mean, where are the other candidates? I mean, I mean, has, is no, anybody talking about what these was- issues? They vanished. Why did they run in the first place? And I'm not doing that because I'm planning on running again. I'm doing that well, because you should run again, I'm not going to be I'm not going to be silenced under any circumstances. I'm going to make my observations about the schools. I'm going to make my observations about the institutional racism that exists in public education that denies poor families choices. So I, I, I agree with you. I mean, let's have a debate, but let's not allow anyone to silence us. And it means you you've know, got to. Is- Go ahead. Sorry. This is a real, well, this is a real problem for ordinary. I mean, this is a, a, a letter I get almost every day is people, you know, they have three kids, they've got a mortgage, they go to work and they are told they have to renounce their whiteness by the HR department or they send their kid to school and their school, their, their little boy has to learn that he might really be a little girl and they don't know what to do and they don't know how to stand up without losing everything they have. It's not, you know, it's, it's interesting because the government is basically imposing this stuff on us through corporations and schools so that they feel that they've got their hands clean, but they haven't. And ordinary, you know, 
I, listen, I, I lost a lot by saying uh, what, I, what I had to say, and I would do it again tomorrow. But I'm, I'm a fortunate person. You know, I've, I've, I've had a, enough so I can get by, that I can, I can lose one source of income and, and find another. But, but not everybody can do that. I and I think that if we don't speak up, you know, I tell people that the culture is not just movies and, and novels and TV. It's also what you do every day. It's also showing your children that you're not afraid to speak the truth mm-hmm. even when it costs you. But it's easy to say when you're, you've still got an income. It's harder to say when you might lose everything you have. And that's the position the left is, is maneuvering ordinary people into. Yeah, it's, you know, it's one thing I've learned. My kids know that I'm not going to be pushed around. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> and that I'm going to fight for them because, Andrew, our, our governor did not realize every state around us was playing all fall mm-hmm. sports, zero cases for player-to-coach transmission. And I had to bring in a map, a huge map that I got laminated to like put in front of his face and say, this is what happened in the fall. Then I flipped it over and I said, this is what's happening right now with winter sports. It's us in New York. And kids are killing themselves. We've had... So many, almost 40 suicides, but five have died from COVID. Kids who are desperate. It's an issue that is not being addressed because we've locked kids in their house. And we've told them, you can't socialize and we can't play sports. But yet our governor, his daughter and wife are down in Florida. They have been for almost a year now. And she gets to do what she loves. Do you see the hypocrisy there? Because he's he's not governing then. He's now ruling us. And I'm not going to sit and stand for that because that's bull jive. And and, when, and they manipulate the media so expertly, and they have so much media power that Andrew Cuomo wins an Emmy. An <laughs> international <laughs> Emmy. International Emmy. Hello. An, an Emmy. An Emmy for playing the, the governor well, you know. And, and and you know, you see this again and again. The Lincoln Project, which was a, a grift, uh, is now being exposed, but it wasn't exposed until Trump was out of office because they didn't want to dilute their power. Uh, the Hunter Biden story, which was suppressed by NPR, yeah, by all the media. Exactly. You know, this is this is our fault. This is conservatives' fault. It is conservatives' fault for not paying attention to the long game, for thinking that the media doesn't matter, for thinking that the arts don't matter. We have to pay attention to the under... You know, the, the culture is like when you stand on the beach and the water comes in and you feel it pull the sand out from under your feet. That's how the culture works. It doesn't work instantaneously. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work because a good movie comes out and everybody changes his mind. It works over time uh, to change the culture, to change the atmosphere in which we think and speak. And the left knows that. They have played the long game. They've played it expertly. And now I think they've overstepped their, uh, the line. And now people are starting to realize, well, wait a minute. You know, I, I don't want the other side to be silenced, even when I disagree with them. And we've got to move on that because it's, it's, just, it's just amazing to me. It's amazing to me that they start Fox News and it becomes an amazing success. And nobody thinks, well, maybe we should start Fox comedy. Maybe we should start right. the Fox movie. You know, we, we don't play up that stuff. We think we have one venue. We have Rupert Murdoch. The guy can't live forever. God love him, but he can't live forever. You know, we don't build the infrastructure we need so that artists and newsmen and teachers can speak another, another point of view about America. All right. Andrew Clavin, always a pleasure having you on our show. Podcaster, another kingdom and screenwriter of the movie Gaznell, the trial of America's biggest serial killer. Thank you so much, as always, for joining us. We appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today.